Welcome to the Kick Pod, your weekly DM on the stuff that matters. Hello, everyone. So, hello. So, we have got, when I say we, I have got Ash here with me today. Very lucky. This is a very special bonus episode. And I know we don't always have our guests in the intro, but I just thought I'm not doing the intro by myself. (laughs) We're just winging it today. So, let's have Ash into the intro. And I am rusty at podcasting because this is our first, this is a really, really funny podcast week for Kick because we're on a break, but this week has two bonus episodes launching. So one today, one tomorrow, which is exciting. Anyway, Ash, so before we get into, I don't, I'm putting you on the spot, but I am hoping you have a special share, maybe. Oh, but you don't have to do it yet because before you do your special share, can you do a little bit of an intro on yourself? So you are an amazing part of our Kick Expert team. We absolutely love working with you. Can you please introduce – I mean, you would already know Ash if you are a Kick person, but just in case this is person has come across this podcast they don't know who you are, can you tell us? <laughs> I can. Hello, I am Ashley. Thank you for your beautiful – kind words. Um, I am a physiotherapist. I work very heavily in the women's health, chronic pain, chronic fatigue space, which is where this comes in today, talking about COVID and returning to exercise and as we'll get into fatigue being a big part of that. Um, So as you said, I work with Kik. I'm on the Kik expert team. So you might have seen me write some blogs here and there. And I suppose my biggest like thing that I've done with you guys is the kick bump program that I helped design. So maybe if you're not, a, if you don't have a bump or a baby, you may not know who I am, but um, hi, I'm Ashley. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you very much. And Ash, you are also from Upwell and Upwell is also Hannah at another physio that you work yes. with was the amazing expert behind the running program. Behind so kick run, yes. We love you. We love Upwell. We love Hannah. We love Hannah. Very, very excited for you to be here and to do this podcast. But yes, before we get into it, first of all, do you have something that you can really, our special shares is a very, uh, I'm going to say, it can be rogue. It doesn't really need to be content. It could be food. It could be in, anything that you enjoyed that you want to share, <laughs> but yes. it can be content. No, no, I can. I So at this point, I feel like I should be an ambassador for Glennon Doyle, if she's <gasps> listening. listening. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, because I just tell everyone about this book. I gave it to my stepmother-in-law for Christmas. It's just, I love it. Untamed by Glennon Doyle. If you haven't read it, it is just an incredible read. Um, it's all about like how to stop people pleasing and living your life for yourself. So I'm a big fan of that. So that is my special share. I also read that book over the break and oh, it is, a, I second that recommendation. It is a fantastic book. She's incredible. I love her podcast. She has a really nice voice. She does. And after reading the, that can be my special shit to go straight into it. So their podcast, I don't know what it, I just searched Glennon Doyle. Glennon Doyle's podcast is called We Can Do Hard Things. I didn't know It's fantastic. So I highly recommend if you liked Untamed, if you like any of the, so interesting actually, and it's, this is going to be, I'm, I'm really in a, having a Brene Brown moment at the moment because in the podcast that comes out tomorrow, my special show is about Brene, but this is a separate podcast than the one I recommend tomorrow. Um, but in her podcast that she did, Brene did a podcast with Glennon Doyle and Abby, her partner, on her podcast about the new book that she brought out. And so they were speaking about titles and what it was really interesting and they were talking about with, with Brene Brown all the things that she has been called in the media and not rude but it just – and it, it's, it was a really interesting discussion on how 
with gender norms and kind of stereotypes of what Brene would be called and then Glennon was also speaking about some words that she's been called or titles that she's been given when people don't look at your title they just make it up like the Daily Mail sometimes do that but that's you know actually everyone does it really and Brene was talking about how a lot of people because she's a researcher but a lot of people call her a self-help guru and you know yes she helps people but I think a lot of people because she's a female put her in that category when really she's a research scientist and you know she's yes she's helps people but she's so much more than that and it was just it's a really interesting discussion on how and made me think that I I haven't had really put a thought to that before that how males aren't really I don't think if Brene was a man the man would ever be called a self-help queen or guru or whatever it might be whereas as a female, they're the kind of titles that come out. And it was a really interesting discussion. I'm going to listen to that yeah. on my way home. Recommend. Such a good special share. Recommend. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. So now for today's podcast topic. So I have had COVID. Mm. How are you feeling? I am feeling okay. Really. I'm very lucky. I had a very mild, mild symptom. So if you're not into COVID chat, this is probably not the podcast for you. Like, love, love you, Ash. Tuck out now. <laughs> this whole podcast is about COVID. So if you've had enough COVID, we understand. Tomorrow there's another bonus set, but yeah, this is a very pod, uh, COVID heavy. But helpful COVID. Yeah. Oh, not, oh my goodness, like, of course. Not just like uh, no. talking about like. We're not talking about the case numbers or yeah, anything. We're like not here for news. that. We're, we are going to offer, this is, and anyway, because a lot of people have had COVID, we thought, um, this is why like, we've never done two episodes in a week before, especially in a break week. But we thought we have to bring this episode out because it's so many people have had it and or maybe have had it or have it now. And what because it's so new, what to do with exercise is really unknown and you read things and then, you, you know, I'm not a great professional researcher. So I don't know, whereas you have a great reference for all the, the research that you did on it. And also, obviously, it's your profession. But um, we just we thought it was really important to an episode on this. So for me, I got COVID on the twenty on Christmas from a family member, and I well I didn't have it yet. I was a close contact, but I didn't know I was a close contact until the 29th. And then I got a PCR on the 29th. I then isolated because my family had it. I had symptoms, so I was assuming that I would have COVID. I did a rapid test on the 30th, and it was positive. I did on the 29th, and it was negative. But then my PCR came back like five days later or whatever it was because there's a bit of a break and it was negative. Oh, wow. So I – but I was obviously – I then got another PCR just because I really wanted to know if I'd had it or not. You now don't have to, but it came back positive. So yeah. it was just – it's so interesting how for me I was – it took five days for it to show up yeah. on a test. It's, just, it's so different for everyone anyway. And so that's, no wonder people are getting confused, yes. right, because it is so different for yes. everyone and it's like – you know, you might hear that Sally tested positive like the day later and then other people have had five negatives before they turn out that they're yes. positive and it's just you don't know. It's don't so know. unknown. It's There's so, so unknown. much unknown. Exactly. And my, my family all caught it on the same day but we all became positive on, and got symptoms on different days. It's yeah. so interesting and we all had completely different symptoms. So my my sisters were very more sick than me, like they had more of a head kind of cold um, whereas I had leg pain. Bizarre, like, like for, it was like I used to get the worst growing pains when I was a kid. So it was like that. 
And the pain that you can't really fix, but, like, you just know it's there and it's, like, really hard to kind of sleep and things. And you just, like, keep trying to move your legs. It doesn't work. And then also it was a combination of growing pains and then feeling like I had entered the Olympics the day before and <laughs> got a squatting record, like the squat rack thing behind my head, like leg yeah. workout. So that was pretty much all. And then I was a little bit tired, which I still am. But I was a bit worse during the time. But I was so lucky because I didn't have any head symptoms. So I could still read, watch, whatever. I was, I was absolutely fine. I was so lucky. And then so interesting, Dalton didn't get it. Yeah, I've heard that a lot. It's just like, it's just so, so unknown. Yeah. So that was my experience um, with, with COVID. And while it was, it was over the break, so on the 30th, I'm not really a New Year's person so like it was we ha- I mean we did have New Year's plans which I was really excited about but it's you know it wasn't I like it was it, it was what it was we just tried to make the best of it and I still had a great break because it forced me the one positive was I had, couldn't have any plans and so I was chatted we were meant to go up to see Steph and Josh which would have been so nice to kind of towards the little bit later in into Jan in the first week of Jan but we couldn't do that which sucked but it meant that I had no plans which and sometimes holidays like just get filled with plans and and then you come back not refreshed yes (laughs) and so I just got to read and and chill out and it was it was actually like there was that was a silver lining for me which was great but one thing that I found really complicated was now that I because I usually exercise six times a week it's like for my mental health it's so important I've I've done it you know I've exercised that that's just my normal and I obviously did not exercise when I had COVID because I just, it was just so unknown. I didn't want to push my body. And I mean, I'm really proud of myself because me five years ago would not have been able to go because I wasn't super sick. I still, you know, you have that voice in your head like, oh, maybe I could push myself. But I, I'm so, so proud of myself that now it's like, no, I don't know. Like I, this is obviously, my body needs to recover from this. It's like a serious illness and I don't want to push. So then I have long-term negative effects. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Thank you, Ash. No, thank you so much. Um, and so then I'm now about, or oh, probably about three weeks from when I was, when I got it. And I still haven't really done anything. I'm going to slowly build into it. I'm going to try and do work, like a more strenuous workout this week, but um, I'm going to take it super easy. All I've done is walk to this point. And I... I still feel like even just then at the – I mean, I always get tired at our office walking up the stairs, but I was like – I was like, I was out of breath. <laughs> I said yeah. to you, you were talking and walking up three flights of stairs and I was like, you okay? <laughs> <laughs> and one of the most popular questions that have come in um, to me is, you know, how do you return to exercise? What is the – how does it work? All those things. So let's chat about that. Yeah. Because you did an amazing blog post for Kick about it. And really, really, I mean, it is. there's one statistic that we'll share in this episode and it's that um, leading Melbourne epidemiologist Tony Blakely recently released the news that it's likely 60% of Australians will get COVID over the next couple of weeks, which is really, it is really scary. And so if you're feeling anxious right now, that's okay. Yeah. I feel like it's completely normal because there's so much out of our control. Yeah, it's a big number, right? So to start with, I would love to know, what is your advice in terms of moving our bodies when we are diagnosed with COVID? Or not moving our bodies. Yeah, yeah, not (laughs) moving your bodies. Um, Rest really is the big thing. And I think, I mean, we'll get into this as we go. That's probably one of the biggest things a lot of people are struggling with mentally. Um, But I suppose for the ones that are really struck down and really symptomatic, overwhelmingly the thing I've heard from clients and friends that have had it, and like you said, 
when you're really unwell, you can't really do anything anyway. Like mm. you feel shitty about not doing it, but yeah, you feel really crappy for not, not moving your body. But then when you're really unwell, you're like, well, I physically can't move anyway. Like you're just bedridden. It's not even on your mind. So for a lot of people that are really worried about getting COVID, and this is a big thing that I find myself saying, it's a thing that a lot of my friends that are really active have said is that they're really worried about getting COVID because they don't want to have to rest. They don't want to have to have a slow return to exercise. They don't want to have to be able to have to miss exercising. Yeah. But when you're really unwell, it's the furthest thing from your mind. Like you're laying in bed and you're like, well, I can't move anyway. I can't even get out of bed. You, you sort of go into this literally fight or flight instinct survival mm. mode where you're like, I just need to survive. Like food, water, sleep. That's it. That's all that's on your mind anyway. Um, so probably the trickier ones are the ones that are really mild or asymptomatic and they're like, well, I could work out but should mm-hmm. I? Um, but really overwhelmingly the research is pointing towards resting and I need to point out when I say research, it's very limited. We, As you said before, we don't know. There's so much we don't know. Still the researchers don't know, us as health professionals don't know, so I can't expect anyone listening to know because no one really knows. But what we do know so far is that rest seems to be the most prevalent or most prominent advice, especially in those first seven to 10 days. So for people that are asymptomatic, if you don't have any symptoms, minimum of seven days of rest. And for the ones that are symptomatic, even if it's really mild, minimum of 10. Obviously, that's going to differ and push out. If you're someone that has been unfortunately hospitalised or really, really severely unwell, that's probably going to be even longer than 10 days. But seven to 10 days for asymptomatic and mild symptoms. Okay. And then from there... I think that's what's really important. I think it's, it is hard and we're going to talk about some ways to deal with it mentally. I think it's the hardest thing. It's not your body will be fine if you have a break from exercise because you will get back into it and you'll build your fitness back up and it's okay. It's your mind that's really hard. But quickly before we get into that, after the 10 days, it's rec- the, the research that you did and is out there, which is limited but is available – talks to resting for longer than that so not going back to running 10k on day eight yeah yep so the research you're referencing and the research that I used to write the kick blog was published in the British Journal of Medicine um so that's freely available you can find that on Google we'll put that link in the show notes yeah the reference is at the bottom of the kick blog as well if you're looking for it there too um but it really is a gradual phased return to exercise it's not just going straight from zero to 100 it's really allowing your body still that time to recover and as you said it's three weeks down the track and you're still feeling tired and that Mm. you hardly had any symptoms so really that's a sign that it's the best thing you can do is rest and allow your body that time and return really gently and gradually yeah I think that's amazing advice and really really important and then I suppose this goes straight into the guilt that we feel when we don't exercise mentally Um, and obviously knowing that rest when you have COVID is the most important thing in the world because your body is working to fight away an illness. So do you have any tips or mindsets on how to work through that? Yeah, absolutely. I have lots of them. So I've made a little note because... Amazing. I I don't want to miss any. So I think the first thing to note really is your body needs the rest right now. As you said, it's trying to fight a virus. Mm. That takes a lot of energy from your immune system to literally attack something that is trying really hard to make you really unwell. Um, 
you can't do that when you're pushing through. And in fact, pushing too hard too soon is where we start to see these cases of persistent fatigue and chronic fatigue coming through or just a really, really long recovery, longer than it needs to be. Um, I think one of the most important things to recognise or remember or remind yourself of is that your body is not going to drastically change in four, five, six weeks. Thank you for saying that. It's really not. And I think I had to learn this myself too. Um, I've had a number of injuries over the years where I've been out of action for many, many weeks, sometimes month on, months on end after surgeries and, and things like that. And the thing I learned from that happening, it's like before I had those injuries, the worst case scenario was not being able to exercise for me mm. mentally. And then when they happened, I spent a lot of time really hating myself for not being able to exercise. And I got to the other side of it and I was like the same size that I have always been my whole life. Mm. And I think that's probably just a, another reminder of how big a part genetics sometimes play in our body and our makeup. And yes, okay, worst case scenario, you gain a couple of kilos or, or you lose a bit of tone. The next question, I suppose, is, is that really the worst case scenario? Like if you have your health mm. and you're well and you have a body that can move, you're doing okay. I love that advice and if I think it's so funny because for me as we were talking before we started I haven't I haven't taken a break for this long from exercise in quite a few years the last time I did I had to have an operation and I couldn't exercise for like two weeks or something and I that period was when I was so it was years and years ago and it was I was had a horrible relationship with food and exercise and I was obsessive and counting and exercising like two hours a day like really really bad and every, I was thinking about food 24-7, which is not a good place to be mentally. And I had a horrible experience through that time when I couldn't exercise because I weighed myself every single day and I wasn't exercising. And really, my weight in the scale, I think I changed by like two or three kilos, which honestly, if you drink like a litre of water or you do a workout, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you just like, or you have a tampon. Like there's all these things that change your, like our weights fluctuate like five kilos, like without, your body's not really looking different. It's just like if you're bloated or if you've got water retention more, I don't know why you get water retention, but you know, all those things. Like if you haven't like gone to the bathroom in the morning or if you've sweated, like all these things. And so I hadn't, my weight, my body had not changed at all, but I was weighing myself every day and it was so, so bad. And this time, I have not – one thing I've done is that – so with, like, fitness watches, so there's some watches like the Apple Watch that track can track things like your heart rate and patterns in your health and, like, do ECGs and oxygen levels, which is actually quite – if you're really sick with COVID, yeah. it's good to have yeah, that. Really um, but when I've – since I've been recovering, I'm not wearing any fitness watch because I just don't – for me, I know I get into that mindset. Oh, you just have to know what's going to work for you and I get into that mindset of – count looking and oh I have to, haven't done this much exercise I haven't done any steps so I've got I haven't counted a thing and I literally don't care and I haven't worried and I know like from not I do not weigh myself anymore but just from how I feel I'm exactly the same and I haven't exercised for three weeks so it's like this big scary thing it's not scary yeah it's not a thing yeah. but we make it up in our minds that's it it's like this mental torture that we yeah. put ourselves through mm. that is so not necessary yeah so not necessary and I think another point that I want to make we were talking about you know periods of exercise where we, or periods of our lives where we haven't been able to exercise if anything if we're talking mindset shifts and things like that they really show us how much of a privilege and how much of a gift it is to be able to move our bodies mm. and to have a body that functions and if there's anyone that in the community or anyone that's listening that has ever experienced 
illness, injury, disability, they know firsthand that taking your body for granted and it's something I certainly had to learn Mm. when I couldn't exercise for like a whole year when I hurt my back. And it's then when you really learn that, oh, no, like I, my body is like paramount. Like if I don't look after my health, that's really all I have. Um, Mm. And I think to be able to look back and say, oh, yeah, like I, that's how important that is to me. And having that gratitude and that real idea of how, how much of a privilege it is to be able to move your body, I think, is a beautiful thing. And one final point I want to make is that even the most elite athletes in the world, so I want you all to think of yourself as an elite athlete now, because even the most elite athletes in the world take breaks, right? They are not at their peak all of the time. And one of my favourite quotes is, a setback is just a platform for your comeback. And sometimes allowing your body that rest and having a bit of a break from routine and you know, maybe coming back from a period like this where you've had to stop exercising allows you time to look at the routine you were doing and think, is that still working for me? Because sometimes we just get stuck in routines, right? Like we mm-hmm. do the same workouts or the same exercises all the time. And it's kind of nice to have a bit of a break and either A, be like, I really miss it. That's important to me. Or B, I don't miss it. Mm. What else can I do? Maybe I'll look at a different way of exercising when I return or do that dance class that I've always wanted mm. to do or, you know, start kick run or, you know, something different mix it up I love that mindset it's so and also I find that then yeah it gets your motivation back because you get out of the oh you're doing it every single day and oh I missed this haven't done for three weeks and the other thing that I love that you brought and this is what I've tried being because I sometimes some like I have to say I'm yes I've I have I said that I don't care and I 99.999% of the time I haven't thought about it but if any thought has come into my head because it's your your body journey it's a journey it's not you don't get to we always talk about this we don't get to a place with the confidence where it's like done I don't ever have to think about confidence or ever work on myself again and let's be honest if you're exercising you'll probably have some sort of goal that you're working towards sometimes that goal is just for your mental health but as you, you still said, feel those, those thoughts yes. pop in from time to 100%. time. hundred percent, really normal. And so for me, one other thing that I kept thinking about, and also with a lot of people that are doing kick run that might have had to stop, or well, they would have had to stop if they've got COVID, and then they might be out for you know maybe have to wait four weeks before they get back into it or three or whatever it is. They're worried that they're going to go backwards. And the analogy that I keep thinking of is. If you think of elite athletes, so I love that you brought up elite athletes, like football players or what, just say let's use an AFL player, for example. If an AFL player ruptures their ACL, which is a very obviously a very bad injury, you need a large operation, they're out for six or eight months. So, 12, nine oh, to 12 sorry, months. Wow, yeah. obviously I'm not the physio. <laughs> 12 months. They're out for 12 months. They then come back to AFL after 12 months, right? They don't take 12 months off and then lose all of their – well, yes, they lose muscle and things, but they don't lose – all of the muscle memory and all of the fitness that they used to have and then go back to being like just a, not that <laughs> like local footy like, yeah, exactly <laughs> they're still at AFL they're still athlete. at AFL yeah. level like, because they you know yes it might take them two months to get back to that but for the average human you know I have not been injured but if I go try and play for because I go for North Melbourne the kangaroos I'm not I'm not going to be fit enough I'm probably going to be less fit than an than someone that just came back from an injury yeah and if I trained with them for two months, if I started tomorrow with another player that just came back from injury, and tell me if this is correct in my thinking, if we both trained for a month, they would still be highly, highly fitter, stronger, better than me because that's they have muscle memory. Yeah. So that is the mindset I have been taking with this. You'll get back to your fitness. You're not going back to when you were born level. 
you're just going to go back a little bit yeah. and then you can take three steps forward, one step back, three steps forward. That's it. One, that's a really great analogy. Is that a weird analogy? No, no, no. <laughs> like, I love the one step back, three steps forward because, like I said, like we go through these different seasons of life. So whether it is for, unfortunately, like an injury or an illness where you have mm. to just take a step back or something more fun, maybe like a holiday where you trip around Europe for three months and you don't exercise every day. It's some, like you've done this before. You've done it before. You know your body is capable mm-hmm. of doing that again and you will absolutely get back to doing that again. And yes, maybe it takes like a month or two, but you have your whole lifetime. And as I said, it might allow you an opportunity to reframe your goals or figure out what it is, why it is that you exercise or what it is that you mm-hmm. enjoy doing. And there's something really beautiful in that, I think, being able to say like, I did that once, I can do that again and I'm going to come back better yes. and stronger next time. I love that. It's because you know you've done it. So yeah. now you can't say you can't believe you can't because you have. Yeah. yeah, that's so good. And with with goal setting. So I think we've had a very interesting start to 2022 mm. that we didn't expect. So a lot of people take Jan to set goals. And if you're listening to this, you don't need to set goals in Jan. You really, if it works for you, fantastic. If you don't feel up to it this year, no problem. Do whatever you need. But for you, for people that are really because some people I think have to set goals in general, they feel disorientated, which, you know, that's fine, really disciplined. For people that might have, you know, set some fitness goals, but then got COVID or whatever goals they set and they've had a setback because they have to rest. What are your recommendations on mindset to kind of realise there's no specific journey we have to take? Like if we're a month behind because we've had COVID, that's okay. we're not going to actually be behind? Yeah. And I think you just answered it, right? Oh, like, what sorry. Is, what is the difference between January 1st yeah. and March 1st? Yeah. There's yeah. still 12 months from March 1st to March 1st next year. <laughs> there really that. is no no difference. Like we put like I think all this, again, this like mental torture we put in ourselves, all this load that doesn't need to be there of like pressure that really is like it's not even external, I don't think. I think it's we feel like it's external so we put it on ourselves but it's really just us putting it on ourselves. So if you're someone, as you said, that is usually like if you had some goals for yourself for 2022, I had a goal for myself for 2022 to use my kick journal every night. I haven't nice opened goal. it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's 14 days in and I haven't even had COVID. Like, that's, life, that's okay. Exactly. Yeah. Life happens. Yeah. Like I think the biggest thing is just be kind to yourself, please, and take the pressure off. If you didn't do something you set out to do, that is so okay. There is always tomorrow. Mm. Yeah, I love that. That's I just fantastic. Thank you for sharing that. And it's it's so true. I love that there's still 12 months from March 1st, yes. 2022 <laughs> to March 1st, 2023, whenever you start. So that's, I, yeah, I love that mindset. And now for, ex- so one thing that I really have missed in my exercise is the mental health benefits. Because for a lot of people, like for me, that's my why with exercise. So that's hard. So what I've been doing is when I wake up in the morning, now that I'm walking, so that's great. But I, when I wasn't doing anything, I was waking up and doing a guided meditation, like a kick guided meditation. And I found that was something that I'm like, I've done something for my mental health. It really, guided meditations for me, it's just, and there's, there's one called Clear and Calm with Meg that I just love. love And it just, it's as good as (laughs) it's quick. It's it's just, and it centers you and it reminds you to be present and it's just so nice and you I've been doing that, that. Morning, you? I did yes. I did I did yeah, See, I, I, did. Listened, I listened to the <laughs> I'm a large fan of that meditation <laughs> I think because I have that special memory of it that yes. I, I love it even more um but yeah so I've been doing that do you have tips or what are your tips on prioritizing your mental health if you can't exercise right now yeah so I think the first thing with mental health is if exercise is your mental outlet and you can't do that anymore 
and you're already a little bit worried about your mental health, Mm. again, take off any mental load that doesn't need to be there. Again, so if you're putting yourself through any sort of mental torture, unleash yourself from that jail. That's the first step. I think the next thing is, as you said, finding something to supplement it with. And there's so many ways we can Mm. look after our mental health and maybe kind of like what we were saying with exercise and using this as an opportunity to find other things you might enjoy. Maybe that's this is a nice time to start a meditation practice Mm. or, you know, open up your journal that you haven't opened up yet (laughs) and uh, try something different. You know, a lot of people love doing colouring or drawing or art or... um, I know you can't leave the house, but if you have somewhere in your house that feels like a nice zen, calm space, you can take yourself there and just read a book or do something that just makes you feel calm. Mm. And I think one thing that a lot of people probably realise when they use exercise as their mental health outlet and then that's taken away from them. Because let's remember, as we said, exercise and moving your body is a privilege, it's a gift Mm. and not something that is just you know given to us and we get forever. So what an important lesson now to learn what are some other ways that I can look after myself without always relying on just one. Yeah, I love that. I think that also helps with the, the just the, if when you get sick or get injured, which is really common, knowing if you do rely on something like exercise, which I do, you need to have a backup. Like in life, for everything, yeah. you need to have a backup plan because otherwise you're just left in this this state of like I don't know how to control this situation and I don't feel like me so I think that's such good advice yeah and then okay the other thing speaking of control and discipline and horrible things that I used to think in my head back in the day um, when I had a bad relationship with food and exercise was guilt around food so unfortunately when I was really strict on myself and at this time when I couldn't exercise, all I could think about is how I shouldn't be eating food because I can't exercise. And so it's so it's such a bad I was in the worst headspace and it was that I didn't deserve it's so sad to talk about like I didn't deserve the food because I didn't exercise. Like it's just and that was the mindset when I was counting my everything I ate I'd put in that I'm not gonna even name the app because I really don't like it, but I put in this app that would tell the and I know it works for some people, but for me, it was just the because I'm such a disciplined person, it was just not a good thing for me. Um, and it would tell me the calories and then it was like I would have to work off those cal- – it was just – I thought about health as numbers and I wasn't healthy because I was in starvation mode. Anyway, so I – this time again, I didn't really think very much about – I just ate as I usually would because my body is needing to get fuel to recover – However, I know, and I've spoken to a, a quite a few people um, through my DMs over the past few weeks about guilt and food and how to get past that when you're resting. Can you talk from like a science perspective of why we need to fuel our bodies when we are sick and how to get rid of this guilt? That I, do, I don't even know where it comes from. It's just like there in society and it just hits us. Oh, absolutely. And I'd like you're the same age as me mm. and probably the same age as a lot of members in our kit community. I think – why it's there is probably very obvious. Like we grew up with the likes of like magazines being like how to count your calories. Yes, how to calories. yes. Trying to lose ten pounds in ten days. Like that was and the era that quite, we grew up in. When we started Instagram, the it was literally like um, yeah yes horrible. And then it was um, there was a quote that was the Kate Moss quote like nothing, oh, nothing tastes, tastes as good as, as skinny, skinny feels. feels. It, isn't and that how so ridiculous that we, we know this? That, yes. And this, that ruled my life yes. when I was. 19 or whatever it's so bad anyway yes yes we did yeah Yeah, absolutely so we mentioned or I mentioned before when your body is fighting an infection or a virus 
it's working really hard, like mm. overtime, to be able to fight that virus off. In order for your immune system to function, it needs building blocks. Like I don't know if anyone remembers back to like year 10 science. Yeah, like, let's go. <laughs> proteins in the body. Yeah. Protein is what forms the building blocks for your body to be able to build new cells. So in order for your immune system to produce white white blood cells and all of your antibodies and things to be able to fight this nasty virus, ref, like just a little asterisk, I'm not an immunologist, but I'm going to put this as simply as I can because that's a how I understand it. I, I, I got so, that. It's good. Yes, I'm not exactly. that sciencey. So no, yeah. So when for your immune system to work, it needs fuel. Mm. It's not going to work without that. So if you're maybe a nice way to think of it, if you're really keen to get back to exercise, you need to eat. You need to fuel yourself. Your body's working in overtime. And if you're not fueling yourself well, so I think I read an article from the UK that uh, it was by the NHS. I was talking about how you actually probably need to be fueling yourself more than what you would usually eat, mm. not less, <laughs> definitely more, because otherwise your immune system is just not going to function and you're going to have a really rough time of fighting this virus off. So more food, more fuel and more fluids. Mm. And maybe that's a nice reframe of thinking of food as fuel and not just as food or as calories or, you know, relating your food to exercise. It's, it's fuel for your body to be able to perform and at the moment Mm. the performance that it needs to do is to fight an infection so we need more not less when we're talking about what foods to choose things that are as I said high in protein so I mean all the stocks in Australia are really low on meat at the moment but (laughs) (laughs) protein sources um you could look at things like uh up and goes or you know sustagen those sort of things especially if you don't have much of an appetite that's an easy way to get a little bit more protein into your body protein shakes if you've got them laying around that could be something that you add in especially if you're not feeling super hungry that's another really easy way to get some fluids into you mm. as well um so it was really funny i'm gonna read this to you on the article from the nhs it's yeah. so british they were talking about like um food that has higher energy calories or higher energy because that's what your body needs so yogurt Custard, rice pudding, or cheese. <laughs> um, I don't know how many of us eat custard and rice pudding on the daily. But also, I feel like really yogurt has really changed a lot, and I feel like now it's like quite a low <laughs> yes. calorie option. Anyway, I know, but maybe those like YoPro, the yes. Chobani, some okay. good Greek yeah, yogurt, yeah, yeah. some protein. Yeah. Um, but yes, the main point being like carbs and protein. Yes. You, your body needs the fuel for the building blocks at the moment, and it can't fight this virus without that. Um, Also, in terms of like if we're not eating or drinking enough for our body, that's where we're going to start to see muscle atrophy or or your muscles getting smaller and weaker because your body, if you're not fueling it, it has to, it's going to, your immune system is going to keep trying anyway. So Mm -hmm. it's got to draw on the stores that you've already got, which is within your muscles. So it's going to start taking away from your muscles to be able to fight the virus. So you're better off double fueling your body, getting as much protein into you as you, or just food and fuel in general as you can tolerate. I know a lot of people have gut symptoms with, mm. with COVID, but trying your best to get some some food and some water into you to help fight this virus. Yeah, that's fantastic advice. And I love as well to, if you are, if anyone listening is, is in the mindset of, you know, guilt around food and all of those things, to remember that our body has other reasons to burn energy other than exercise. And it's just this, I think it's that mentality that like all that matters is like calories in, calories out, but you're only measuring that by like your workouts. And 
it's so that just like made me think like our bodies do like it's fighting our bodies fight a virus like no fitness watch is going to track your calories of your body count like all the things that you do like even when you're like I remember it um sometimes if I have a really uh, like a lot of podcasts or more meetings in a day or even when I was at uni if I had a long lecture I had to eat more because my brain is yeah moving really fast I need more energy yeah and you can't a watch is not telling you it's not putting that on your tally and so it's like we can't just think about our body's energy system as exercise because it does so many other things so it's that that mindset that I think is hard when you measure on a watch it's hard to get out of that and then for the phases so you've you've spoken through a little bit that it's a gradual approach can you talk through there's quite there's quite a few isn't there yeah there's five 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 phases yeah so Phase one, the goal here is just to prepare to return to exercise. It's not even the exercise bit yet. So once you've done your seven to ten days, if you're symptomatic or asymptomatic, then you can start phase one, which is still really just stretching. And some people might feel up to that, you know, earlier on, and that's okay. Like we don't want – we're not saying don't stretch in that first seven days, but stretching's fine. But really in this prepare to return phase, this um, phase one – you can't go from zero to 100. You mm-hmm. can't just go from laying on the couch watching Netflix for seven days in ISO to doing Normal burpees routine. or running 5Ks. Yes. Yeah, that is that is just a one-way ticket to injuries. I know it keeps me as a physio in the job, but, like, in the nicest way possible, I don't want to see you. I want <laughs> you to be healthy. Like, I want you to be injury And it's putting pressure on our immune system as well, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and, and that can cause long-term Yeah fatigue yeah 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 yeah, absolutely I think a big thing I'm hearing from people at the moment is they've gone back to gym or or their usual exercise routine way too quickly and Mm -hmm. they're just really really tired and the trouble is like seven days of ISO is nice and then you're like flung straight back into work for most of us too um unless you're you know, a uni student or something. But for for the most part, we're flung straight back into work so you're back into full-time work which often is enough like Mm. going straight back from sitting at home in ISO, being really unwell and being fatigued, just straight back to working full time is enough without even adding exercise into the mix. So that's what this first phase really is all about. It's just about some breathing exercises, some stretching, maybe some gentle, slow walking. Just I've, I've put on the blog like, la, 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 is your suggested rate <laughs> of perceived <laughs> exertion. It is nothing. Like right. it's really, yes. really gentle. That's phase one. Phase two is where you can start to reintroduce some really low-intensity low impact activities. So things like some gentle yoga where it's a bit more than just laying on the floor and stretching, you're moving, you're maybe flowing a little bit, but it really is just still really quite a nice stretch. So there's some nice ones in there. Kick app um, that I love. There's sun salutation with Steph and Jamie and there's hip hip awakening with you, Laura and Cecily. Um, So once you've sort of spent the idea with each of these phases too, I should say, is that you spend a minimum of seven days at each phase. So it's not just like you do one mm. stretching session and then the next day you go to phase two. No, <laughs> uh, you spend a little bit of time at each phase. So we're talking at a minimum a five week return mm. to normal. And within that, there's going to be different phases that you progress through. So phase two, low intensity activity, yoga, walking gardening was on the list as well from the well that's it yeah Yeah, I don't have a garden yes yes, yes, like apparently quite strenuous it is yes (laughs) um phase three is all about where you can start to like add in a little bit more intensity but you're still not really pushing yourself so this law is probably where you're at with that sort of like week three post you're feeling still a bit fatigued but you've you know you're back at work and you're, you're doing 
Okay, so this is where you can start to reintroduce some light intervals. So the recommendation from the medical journal was um, two intervals of five minutes, so the kick exercises are really easy to do that. You could sort of just pick one that's like two five-minute rounds yeah. or and four five-minute rounds and yeah. do half of it yeah. and just see how you feel. Um, Pilates is another really good one because that's a good way to sort of get your body moving but you're working a little bit harder, you're starting to ramp up your intensity just a teeny bit. Um, but the big thing here is that before you progress from phase three to phase four, so before you go from this Pilates interval phase to the next one, recovery is probably the biggest thing to note, not so much how you feel in the session. Because mm. often you'll get through the session okay and be like, I feel fine, I was a bit out of breath, but I'm okay. The key to the progression criteria for this one is that you feel recovered within an hour. So if you're pulling up tired, like like I think I said at the start, persistent fatigue is probably one of the biggest things that we're seeing post-COVID for people that push too hard too soon. So take note of how you're feeling after the session. So if you're recovered within an hour from your Pilates session, then you're good to move. That is good advice. That's so good to know. I think that's a that's a measurement that we we all know how we feel within yeah. an hour or two of a session and we usually, how we normally feel and then you can because I know this week we've got the um, boot camp is launching into the app and so we've got two events with boot camp workouts um, which I'll be at and so I'm just going to really listen to my body and see how I feel, take it easier with the exercises, see how I feel and then depending on my recovery we'll see if I do yeah. the next one and if I'm if I'm up to it. Yeah. yeah. So phase four, this is like moderate intensity aerobic and strength. So this is where you can go back to like your your beginner sort of strength workouts, like get back into the ones that have Danny or Brittany and, you know, add in maybe some really light dumbbells. It's very mm-hmm. static. You're not doing like burpees and shuttle runs and things like that just yet. Um, so another good one here is some light interval jogging. So you could get back into kick run. If you were a runner before, like yeah. as I know with you, you've been you're you're quite a good runner. When you've I'm running, running I'm not. Time. I don't. I'm not like. <gasps> it's yeah. like I feel quite com- like ve- I get very comfortable if I run slow. That's yeah. it. Yeah. So for I'm going to go with the most conservative advice for yes. anyone listening. I think even if you've been a runner, go back to maybe the first couple of weeks of the zero to five program. Yeah. If you feel like again. Take note of how you feel during and how you recover. If you feel like you're managing that really well, then you can maybe go from week two of zero to five to week five of zero to five. Mm-hmm. Try that, see how you feel. So it's all about listening to your body and seeing yep. how you feel. But just you're better off undershooting and being like, that felt easy, mm. but at least you moved your body than overshooting and feeling like you can't get out of bed the next day. So phase five is baseline exercise. So this is getting back to what you were doing before. So we're kind of at like five to six weeks post COVID mm-hmm. now. Um, hopefully you're feeling a lot better. You're feeling a lot more like your usual self. Uh, you can go back. The recommendation is that you can go back to whatever kick workouts you were doing beforehand, um, the routine you were doing beforehand. But again, just really focus on how you're recovering and take it easy because this is all very general advice. Yeah. Um, it's going to really differ on a lot of things. As you said, you didn't really have any respiratory symptoms. So I'm not expecting you to all of a sudden have a lot of respiratory yeah. symptoms when you return to exercise. Your legs might be really bloody tired. <laughs> um, but for other people, they might find that they're getting really short of breath or mm. struggling to st- struggling with their breathing. So everyone's going to be really different. But if you can progress yourself through those five phases as close as you can, hopefully the blog that I wrote is really helpful. On that blog too, I put all of the rates of 
perceived exertion, which is what we use in the health professional yeah, book world. chart. Book yeah, chart. It's yeah, it's really yeah. good. And we, well, I think we did it in the kick yes, colours. Yes. <laughs> it's a nice looking book chart. Yeah. Yes, the book yeah, chart. Yeah. It's like, it sounds so random, but it's what we use as health professionals to guide its perceived exertion. So it's how hard do you feel like you're working? So if you can, my, te- I, I remember when I did PE in year 12, is one of the tests, um, if the talking test. Yes, yeah. the talk test. Yep. yep. So that's like, that's really good at like maybe phase two and three. Okay. Okay, great. <laughs> if you can walk and exercise, but still maintain a conversation yes. that's what the talk test is um so boom and bust yes this is where we we're saying with fatigue so when you if you progress through these too quickly or if you're sort of at phase two or phase three and you're like I'm fine I'm just going to up the ante mm-hmm. but then you feel like you do the exercise and you crash later so if you're not recovering within that hour and you feel like you need a nap or like I said you feel like the next day you feel really fatigued that's sort of what we start to call or we start to see in people with persistent fatigue these boom bust patterns it's Mm -hmm. like you do a lot you boom and then you bust you Mm -hmm. crash and then you boom and then you bust and then you recover a little and then you boom and then you bust and then you recover a little and that I probably do that a lot like just in general (laughs) life yeah yes (laughs) I wait until I completely burn out and then I'm like oh Yes. But not a good thing. No, no. So that booming and busting pattern is just, again, it's your nervous system not being able to regulate itself against the load that you're asking of your body. So, again, as you're moving through the phases, watch for that. Just make sure that you're not booming and busting and going hard, crash, hard, crash. That's the idea of the gradual phase is that you should move through these five phases relatively easily. Mm -hmm. You should be like, yep, I feel like. I'm good, and then you move to the next one rather than being like, oh, I feel really tired, and then trying to move to the next one when you haven't really hit the nail on the head with that previous phase. Yeah, that is such good advice. And I think for anyone struggling with guilt around it and just if, yeah, it's it's so hard and it's it's okay if it's hard because it's not the, the, everything in the media and, ev- like, there's so much that's against us that means that we do feel this way. So it's not – there's nothing wrong with you if you feel that way. Um, But I think for me and thinking about it literally and the science of it helps so much because it just brings your thoughts out of this like world that doesn't like it doesn't matter. All those things don't matter. Back to reality. And it's like I have my body. I have my health. That is the most important thing. So thank you. That was absolutely fantastic. I just have a few more questions. Is that okay? Do you mind? Go for it. (laughs) Just a couple more. So (laughs) if we feel like we need additional help and support in our physical recovery from COVID, where do we go? Good question. Um, You could go to your GP is a good place to start, but chances are they're just going to refer you on to a physiotherapist or exercise physiologist and you don't actually need a GP referral to see either of those. Okay. So skip the middleman unless obviously if you have – if you need to see your GP. Yes, Yes. but if it's just that you want a little bit of help and guidance with returning to exercise um, and everything else is all good, then you could just find your local GP or exercise physiologist – who or physio. Yeah, physio. physio yeah. Sorry, just said GP. You again. said GP. You, so you, you brought them back in. I brought them <laughs> Your local physio. <laughs> what am I again? Um, physio or exercise physiologist. And for people who don't know what exercise physiologists are, because most people have never heard of them, I'll give a little spiel. Yeah. Their bread and butter really is exercise for people who, for whatever reason, can't just go off and exercise independently in themselves. So they're really um, expertised in exercise for chronic conditions. They're really good at heart rate monitoring and saturate oxygen sat monitoring and, um, you know, return to exercise and that sort of thing. So they're really well-placed. Physios can do that as well if you don't have an EP in your area. Um, and as I said, this is all very new. So you might, 
you're probably not going to be able to find like COVID <laughs> physio. Like, it's, like, it's not a thing Specific yet. niche. Um, <laughs> maybe that'll be my yeah. Um No, so. Uh, it's funny we laugh about it, but I have a feeling in oh. three years there'll be a clinic called the COVID clinic or That's, something, like oh, where you go and 100%. get your specific yeah. recovery. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> Us at Upwell, we've already put together a, a program for yeah. it, like for, with our exercise physiologist, which yeah. is a really holistic program on like sleep and hydration and nutrition and um you know returning to exercise but if you've got someone in your area that can do that find them um and yeah they're they're really the best placed professionals to be able to help you and it might just be that you need like a little bit like a program to follow for the Mm. first sort of month or six weeks to get back to where you were um there's no shame in that a lot of people have been needing to come and see us for for support um and for fatigue as well like helping Mm not boom bust and balance out some fatigue. So, uh, yeah, if you need help, please do seek it out. I love that. Fantastic. And to finish off, first of all, thank you. Like all of your information is so – it's just – as it just – it puts it all out there and it's just so great to help get rid of any of those guilty – guilt thoughts, any of those other things in our heads. Um, So thank you so much. Is there anything that we've missed? Any other advice that you have got? You've given a lot. So this this question is really like not expecting more. <laughs> but just in case there's anything we've missed. I don't think so. I think we've... we've I think you've done a really good we've job. We've covered a lot. Um, I think bottom line, just be kind to yourself. Yeah. That's the biggest thing. Listen to your body and be kind to yourself. This is an unprecedented time. Yes, yes it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> um, and we haven't been through this before mm. and maybe you haven't been through this before. You haven't had a period where you've had to, you know, you've been very fortunate where you haven't had to step back from exercise and this is your first experience with that. Be kind to yourself mm. going through that process because that is a lot to take on sometimes, especially if you're in a mindset where you don't have maybe the healthiest relationship with your body and with food. Mm. Um, but give yourself some love. Exercise is one form of self-love, but also self-compassion is another. So do that. And what a way to finish. Thank you very much, Ash. So we hope you enjoyed the episode. And if you would like to hear more from Ash, how do we follow you? Um, I'm on Instagram. I was going to say I'm very active on Instagram. Yeah, you are. And also, but your name is not your name. Um, No, it's at the women's life physio. Amazing. And it's your your photo is your beautiful, smiling, happy face. It's a very happy photo. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Uh, So that is how you can hear more from Ash. Highly recommend following you on TikTok and Instagram. You're very good at TikTok. And very good and also offer great insight and advice on confidence on there. Um, And you're good at miming. (laughs) <laughs> can I ask you a quick question about that? Of course you can. When you do those TikTok videos where it's like you put your voice over another voice, do you say it or do you mime it? Um, I A bit of both. Okay, because <laughs> the other day Steph and I did one and I didn't even know it was a thing just to mime. I thought you said it because it mutes your volume so it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. And Steph said to me, Laura, why – like, can you mime? And I said – Oh, and then I tried to, I can't mime. I couldn't, I couldn't do it. Anyway, so there's some really big talent on TikTok, but I was wondering what you do. Yeah, no, it's really funny. Most of the time I mime. Yes, It's almost yes. like an intuitive thing. It's like, because I know I'm not actually speaking, it's like oh, I I can't. Mime. If you wanted me to now say something without, just with my mouth you and not do volume, I, do, I don't. <laughs> like, I, I just, I'm like, I don't know how to, it's like, I can't twist my tongue. I can't do that. I was about to say show us, but that wouldn't be very like exciting. It would just be dead silence. <laughs> <laughs> and I do this. I just you go like, oh yeah. 
Uh, but this one time I was filming and I said it out loud and yeah. then for some reason it did record my audio over the top and it was it was a very humbling experience, <laughs> let's say that. Well, yeah, so you're really good at anyway. So but you don't just follow Ash on TikTok for the great miming. There's a lot of valuable contact on content on there. Anyway, um so if you would like to try kick, you can. We have a seven-day free trial. You can find us at www.keepitcleaner.com. Whoa. <laughs> .com. Let's try that one again. Keepitcleaner.com. <laughs> uh, it's after five. I <laughs> Keepitcleaner.com uh, at Keepitcleaner on Instagram. And you can find me at Laura Henshaw. Don't actually have a dot. At Laura Don. Wow, this outro, Laura Don Henshaw. I know Steph's not here today, but we'll give her a shout out at Steph Glesmith. Hey, Steph. Hey, Steph. And we will chat to you soon. Yes. Thank you, Ash. Thank you so Bye. much for having me. Bye, guys. <laughs>